You're listening to the Action Figure Blues Podcast, episode number 40, brought to you by the Pop Culture Superstore and ActionFigureBlues.com. I'm Adam, and with me tonight are... Eli. And Ben. We're three guys living in Australia who collect action figures, statues, and other items from the worlds of comics and pop culture, and we like them so much we made this podcast just to talk about them. This episode, our toy of the week is Marvel Select Ultron, and our discussion topic is Broken Promises. So, how is everyone? I'm yeah, pretty good. Thank you. And what have we all been up to this week? Ah, uh, usual stuff. Working, you know. Yeah. <laughs> pretty busy. Yeah. Actually enjoyed a lovely Saturday. Um, just hanging around the house with the family. Had the had the cricket on. Oh, nice. Yes. The uh, the half full Adelaide Oval. The half demolished hometown Adelaide Oval. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it was nice to actually see some some of it, and uh, and then the, I don't know if you watched it all on it all on the telly today, the the cricket, Adam. But uh, yeah, there's some it's Viv Richards in the middle. Thought. Yeah, that, I saw that on the um, at the tea break. That yeah. was good. Yeah, that was nice. Some some footage from you know old 1980s cricket games. Back when the West Indians could play. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it is to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I had the, uh, I think we're, we're just on the end of spring and about to uh, hit summer here in Australia, and it, uh, it actually feels like it finally in my hometown with our first day of uh, 30 degrees. I uh, don't know what that is in, in you know, Philistine temperature. <laughs> um, just a nice of our... Listeners, no doubt. So, but something really exciting is happening in my street, and and I saw saw men, working men, dudes, putting in um, fiber optic cabling, and the national broadband network has finally come to my suburb. And wow! For everybody that's listening, it's a uh, multi-squillion-dollar government project to basically upgrade Australia's internet. Um, to, to bring us out of the dark ages and upgrade us to where South Korea was 10 years ago. <laughs> so, and uh, as, as someone who has um, been the, the butt of several of John and Scott's jokes of my internet speeds, it'll be nice to actually upgrade to, you know, real internet. <laughs> In fact, better than probably, you know, Scott and John. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> For at least a couple of months. Yes. Yes, I, I live in the country's capital. Yet we, I still can't get ADSL two in my suburb, which is uh, six years old. <laughs> Your suburb is six years old. Yep. <laughs> That's right. I don't know if you remember um, in South Australia the multifunction polis. Um, essentially, it's now become a suburb called Mawson Lakes, but it was initially established to be basically a high tech industry area. Um, and they had all these requirements on people's houses, like you had to have your whole house be had 
the capacity, you didn't have to actually have it, but your house could be controlled electronically for lights and blah, blah, blah. Ah. This high-tech corridor does not have consistent ADSL too. I think it doesn't even have consistent ADSL for all houses in it. So oh, okay. I think that one's kind of a, a bit of an embarrassment for some people that live there. <laughs> Poor yes. result. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. And uh, just as a catch-up there, um, 30 degrees Celsius is 86 degrees Fahrenheit, so that might put things in perspective. So <laughs> a little bit too warm for me. What about you, Adam? We haven't heard from you for a while. How's, uh, how's Captain Renovation going? Um, almost done. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I busted a mirror. So that, that was good. That was a $300 mirror. So um, we were put, well, I was putting it up. Um, according to reading things on the internet, you're meant to use double-sided tape on the back and then liquid nails. So the double-sided tape's meant to hold it until the liquid nails bonds with the tiles. Oh, yeah. And it didn't do that. Ah. Um, thankfully, I heard it starting to peel off, which was good because otherwise it would have just been glass everywhere. And um, probably damaged a whole lot of other stuff. As it was, it pretty much just busted the mirror, and that was it. Did you do a commando roll to catch it? No, I just heard. <laughs> and I like, oh, had a double-sided tape peeling and ran into the bathroom and started trying to hold it up and couldn't. And then got the wife in to help try and lower it down. But by that stage, it had, we couldn't lower it down straight, and it just bang, busted bits. <laughs> Can I just say that if I didn't know any better? If I didn't know that you were actually doing a sound effect then, I would have been convinced something was coming unstuck in your house as we were talking. <laughs> <laughs> That's a talent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but other than that, the renovation will be done pretty much Monday when the next mirror gets installed by a professional. <laughs> I've been instructed that I'm not to help leave for it and, in fact, not to even touch the mirror. Uh, <laughs> And, and there's just, um, I think I've pretty much finished painting cornices and then there's just a couple of bits of timber that needs to be stained and that's it. So, Excellent. final. Good on you. Later. But, yeah, it's 30-odd degrees in Adelaide as well at the moment. We've got another few days of it and then hopefully the weather will break. But Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Very good. Okay. So, in that case, do you want to get started with some articulated news? Sounds like a good idea. Space Marine, Atax, disguised in his big, bad bug suit. He sneaks in and takes him out. But the Flying Queen unmasks him. <sighs> Send in Hicks and the heavily armored EVAC fighter. Send in the Marines. Blast them. Yeah. And bottle them. And it's bye-bye bug, each sold separately. Aliens. Before we get to our main features, we start each episode with a bit of news. Articulated news is where we discuss the latest events and announcements in the Toy and Collectibles world. Not a comprehensive toy news service, but these are just stories that relate to things we're interested in and caught our eye this week. So I think uh, Ben wants to talk about a bit of unfortunate news in Australian uh, shopping. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> Thanks, Adam. Um, I'm sure our listeners uh, overseas probably haven't heard of this, but it was big news in Australia this week, and that was a, a huge event called Click Frenzy. Uh, Click Frenzy was supposed to be the Australian online shopping equivalent of Cyber Monday where uh, all the bricks and mortar stores in order to try and compete um, with sort of the online retailers decided to have big online sales and it was um, it was kind of interesting because even 
like the the evening news caught on and and sort of gave them gave them free plugs and things like that, and they really talked it up and. Uh, all you had to do was register, but you didn't even know what kind of um, deals were being offered. Basically, the website just said, you know, had a, a countdown timer on it, and that was it. And it went live at 7 p.m. on Tuesday, and uh, I, I go out of a Tuesday night, and I leave about quarter past seven, so I thought it'll sort of give me time to have a quick look. And sure enough, at seven o'clock, I went to the website, and basically there was one of those glorious white screens of death. <laughs> to indicate the server wasn't responding and as I sort of chatted to Mrs. Shake, I kept refreshing and nothing and nothing and nothing and so eventually I, I left for the evening and uh, the next day, yeah, it was, um, it was the number one news topic in that it was a complete and utter failure basically. I think that the, I heard anywhere from three to four hours before the server finally came up and people were actually able to get a look. Yeah, when I actually, I, well, I didn't really hear about it until the next morning when I was checking news on the way to work. And um, when I got to work, I had a look and I go, wow, there's 20 hours of this sale left. It, uh, they must have restarted that clock because of the, <laughs> the stuff up. Yeah. yeah. But the, the stuff I did look at, it wasn't anything. I think you mentioned, Ben, during the week that, you know, the sales that um, are around all the Black Friday stuff and all those, you know, often it's only 10 or 20% off stuff. And that used to mean something, but I don't think it means much to anybody these days. I mean, 20% is okay, but you don't know what it's 20% off. Yeah, it's it's disappointing. I mean, the, I mean, the site, the, the click frenzy was actually just complete rubbish anyway. I mean, those retailers that did participate... Um, often sort of led you in with one or two very good deals if you were after that specific item, such as a, a new um, you know, Toshiba laptop. Um, but then as you sort of scroll down, the rest of their deals were sort of 10% off this and 15% off that. And uh, I actually was reading an article that compared a lot of the prices and sometimes um, the, the sale prices where they had 30% off of a specific item, um, you're still paying sort of roughly 20% more than you could have paid for the item online. Mm. So even their discounted online price wasn't actually as low as the online price they were competing with. Um, so it was, yeah, it was pretty ordinary. But then again, I, I thought Black Friday was very ordinary as well. I was sort of keeping a bit of an eye out, and I mean, I, I'd almost be tempted to give Black Friday the the red card for this week because uh, a lot of the links that I went to, um, it's it's like guys, Black Friday is an excuse to just palm off all that crap that nobody's been buying all year. I mean, if people aren't paying 100% for crap and then you sell it with a 10% discount, people aren't going to pay 90% for crap. Yeah. Disappointing. It is. Mm. And then, of course, there's my all-time personal favourite, which is um, free shipping to the continental US. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. It's a bargain, right? Mm. All right. So, moving on, I think the next couple of bits of news are yours, Ewa. Yeah, yeah, so we've seen um, what we think are prototypes for um, Mr. Hell's Man of Steel figures, so the upcoming Superman movie, the um, uh, Zack Snyder take on, on Superman. A um, couple of prototypes um, somebody spotted on eBay. They, yep, looks like they're definitely from the movie, from the from the costume deco we've seen in the in the preview stuff. Uh, we think they're probably three and three quarter inch scale. Not a hell of a lot of articulation. Um, cloth cape type of affair. The first prototype looks like the straight up figure. 
Uh, and then another prototype of Surface where there's some um, extra gear on one, on his right arm, which I'm not sure what it is. It might be some sort of Kryptonian armor. I have no idea. I'm sure we'll find out soon. The interesting thing that stood out for me is that when you... I mean, we've seen those promotional images um, of Jim Cavazuzukavaz, the guy playing Superman, (laughs) and, you know, his costume has that really fine sort of mesh texture, which Mm. in the promo shots actually looks okay. I mean, whether there's any need for it, I don't know, but it actually doesn't look too bad. But you have to wonder, looking at these prototypes, whether that that kind of texture is really, really hard to capture uh, yeah. on an action figure because on the, I mean, okay, yes, it's a prototype and I realise that they've just cut a piece of red material just to sort of show what the cape would look like. But just looking at that prototype, it looks like it's significantly more, um, you know, mottled or pitted than, than the actual texture on his costume. It looks like a golf ball. Yeah, the golf ball effect. That's a great way to sum it up. It um, it just seems like it's a kind of texture that's going to be really, really hard to capture on a figure at three and three-quarter scale. So I'm interested to see what they can do at um, the six-inch scale. Uh, mm. Then again, I'm not really that interested to see what they're going to do at the six-inch scale because I probably won't be buying them anyway. Uh, yeah. Some of the Marvel, uh, the, the Movie Master stuff that they do in the six-inch size looks good, so who knows? Uh, more DC Mattel news, so... DC Unlimited Series 3 announced. Um, yes. What, is this the new name, DC Unlimited, or is this the retail line this rather is than the Infernal Crisis Yeah, subscription? This, is, this is the retail line. Yeah. Yeah. So we haven't seen any product images, but um, the, the lineup for this series is four figures. We've got Aquaman and Darkseid from the New 52. And uh, Superman and the Joker from the Injustice video game. I can't say I'm actually familiar with their looks from the video game because. I oh, it's easy. They they don't look anything like them. Uh, no. This is a really interesting lineup. Um, I just uh, I find it really interesting that that they they're still picking supposedly recognisable characters, but they're doing them in unrecognisable um, costumes. I mean, you know, it's between the Arkham City variations and and that sort of thing. It, it's interesting. They, they're now going down that, that DC direct path of doing every variation they can think of uh, and just sticking with the, I don't know, the big, the big guns, I guess. Just can't see them appearing on the shelf together. Yeah. I just don't know why, like, they must make more money doing this than than doing every possible character, right? I mean, there's got to be people from, for example, the video game side can just go, man, that Superman looked awesome. I want to get an action figure or a statue of that, so I'm going to go and get that. Yeah. But, you know, the new 52 ones is the one that kind of baffles me because surely everyone that has been reading or that's reading the new 52 or most people that are reading the new 52 I've been reading comics for decades and decades and decades and go, that's just a NAF costume. I'm not even going to bother getting an action figure of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. maybe. But I guess on the flip side, we, we had DC Universe Classics. They gave us those class, well, I mean, mostly classic versions of the characters. Darkseid was pretty much spot on, etc. And supposedly they didn't sell. So I guess this is their way of trying something else. 
Mm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And uh, Ben, I think you've got the next bit. Yeah, I do. Yeah, coming from our buddies at Sideshow, they've uh, announced a new Predator statue. They've been releasing quite a few um, statues of the, the assorted Predator characters or the different Predators from the different movies. Um, this time we actually get the Scar Predator, um, who's actually pretty cool. For those people that don't remember, he was actually one of the three Predators from Aliens vs. Predator first film and he's the one uh, of the three predators that go into the the sort of the underground aztec pyramid thing um he's the one that actually does all the ass kicking um he's the one that survives long enough to team up um with the human and um unfortunately meets his end when he gets impaled by the uh, the queen alien on the surface um it's a pretty cool statue it's actually got him in a sort of a big ass action pose sort of uh, doing the whole victory thing he's got his sort of shield arm which is made of a an alien skull and his his big spear thing that um, shield arm thing looks awesome yeah i'm glad they've made a bit of an effort just to try something a bit different um and i guess they have with most of these statues there seems to be sort of something happening and if you were going to sort of uh, pick up all the statues in this series and line them up, you'd actually have quite a diverse, um, I guess, you know, lineup. Uh, it seems to come with two um, two interchangeable heads, one with the helmet, one without. Um, he does actually have a, a pretty unique helmet because he uses one of the alien, um, uh, one of the alien uh, sort of finger type things to to mark his helmet, and that's where he gets the the name Scar from. Um, I mean, a pretty, uh, pretty impressive base. It's covered in snow with a bit of a sort of, a, you know, alien, well, not alien as in the character, but alien being foreign-looking um, base. The only downside to this statue, I think, is um, the way he's actually posed. He's actually looking up, like he's sort of doing that big triumphant bellow and looking up at the sky, which means um, if you were actually going to sort of put him up high on your shelf, bookcase, whatever, you wouldn't be able to see his face. Yeah, which is a bit odd, and, and given that you know predators are so detailed, and you know the sideshow sculptors do a pretty good job, um, seems a bit weird not to not to see the face. So um, I don't know. Would he be as imposing if he was at knee level? No, probably not. But maybe <laughs> maybe next to a bunch of other ones who aren't all looking up at the sky. It's a it's a just a variation on on the pose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, kick him in the head, but you know trying to taunt you or something maybe yeah that's right but anyway so um yeah look this guy comes uh with a retail price of uh, 300 us which is about sort of standard now i think and um uh, i haven't actually started picking up the statues I, I probably would if i wasn't already getting the hot toys figures um simply because i just i, I think the scale of the hot toys figures make a pretty good job of um standing in for a statue so aside from the base uh, having said that, I haven't got a Hot Toys Scar Predator, so eventually I'd like to get those three. But um, anyway, moving on, in uh, in other news, we got another Hot Toys Avengers announcement. Um, I won't go on about the fact that we still haven't heard who the next Star Wars character is, but you know, that's a discussion for another time. Um, this time we're actually getting the Hot Toys Avengers Phil Coulson figure, which... Um, Yes, kind of an interesting one. Um, uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's a strange one. On the one hand, you sort of go, oh, cool. And then on the other hand, the other hand, you sort of go, 
uh, do I really want to pay that much money for an action figure of a guy in a suit? Yeah, I mean, this is the thing with Hot Toys, though, because they do the movie stuff. It's the they're more um, they they they're more faithful to the movies than they are to the comic stuff that they're based off. Yeah. So if you're into collecting movie figures, then you rather than you know Avengers comics figures, then there's probably more justification in in getting something like this. Yeah, and I'm sure he'd look good next to Nick Fury. Uh, sort of putting the two together, and the likeness of Clark Gregg is uh, fantastic. I mean, there's really no no problems with. Yeah, it's bloody nice. It is. It is. Yeah. He comes with some pretty groovy accessories. He's got his sort of little shield sort of manila folder, and he's got that big-ass gun, mm. um, handgun, and, of course, don't forget the... Um, the Cards. Yes, the classic Captain America trading cards. Yeah, it's a nice little, nice little detail, that one. It is, yeah. I don't imagine they're loose cards. I assume that's just sort of one, mm. one piece. Um, but still, uh, it's an awful lot to pay just for a... I, don't know, I think they are loose cards. Are they? Really? I think they're individual cards, and I think there's, I think there's, um, it includes an undamaged and then a blood-covered version as well. Ah, they are too. Yeah, they're. Oh wow! Yes. Yeah, so ridiculous levels of detail. Wow, and the mobile phone as well. Nice. Because yep. we shouldn't be dis- we shouldn't be surprised that that's uh, hot toys. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, look, um, not one for me, um, but uh, certainly if you were looking to round out the uh, the movie characters, it's probably a really good addition. And I think we've actually seen in the past um, a lot of people go crazy and get their Hot Toys figures, but there, there's a few sort of Hot Toys figures that just haven't sort of hit that secondary market with any kind of force. I know the um, the, the Goblin figure from Spider-Man 3, um, I, I know you can pick that up for an absolute steal, so... Possibly it's one of those ones, you know, you might want to wait on for a while and, and see if it ends up going cheap at some retailers. Mm. <clears throat> and again, if, you, if they ever did a West Wing one, then they could, you know, they could just slot him in there. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much the only reason I'd get that, I think, but anyway. <laughs> um, and I think, uh, so a couple of bits of news that I've spotted, guys. Um, there's the new Hulk-themed Marvel Minimates set coming out. So there's a Joe Fixit, there's a Maestro Hulk, there's a Barbarian Hulk, and there's the Composite Hulk, which was, I think, the happened, what, a year or two back, and they, for some reason, had a combined red and green Hulk. Yep, that's right, yeah. I don't know. I think the only one that would really stick out as one that would be worth having for me would be Joe Fixit. But... Yeah, he looks yeah. pretty cool. Well, I mean, really, Barbarian Hulk lasted all of, you know, three or four issues, and that was in the uh, the last Hulk series, which was just recently cancelled. Uh, mm. So, we, you know, we saw Mark Silvestri doing the art. Um, well, it's more like chicken scratch, but uh, that didn't last long at all. But, I mean, the same thing with the Composite Hulk. That was a, a storyline that only lasted a couple of issues as well. So I think if you're a Hulk collector and you already had all the variations of the Hulk that you wanted, um, this would be a fun set to get, but... Uh, while I'm not across Minimates, if there's still different versions of the Hulk you're waiting for, you might be sort of a bit peeved to see those in there first. Yeah. It's a bizarre choice, I think. Yeah. But we seem to be getting some very odd news from uh, from Minimates recently between that and the uh, Avengers vs. X-Men and that sort of thing. But, look, I guess the main thing is you're getting that character diversity, um, unless you're some sort of completist, 
um, then you know it's it's a lot of a lot of extra figures to get. But uh, really, if you're just universe building and you're provided, you're happy to cherry pick. You, you certainly are getting a, a pretty diverse group of characters. Yeah, absolutely. I think the only thing that's going to come close to that for Marvel is you know if they keep Marvel Universe going for another five years or something stupid. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Um, the other thing that we've seen through the week is um, the announcement from Gentle Giant for some Star Wars things um, seems to be led off or mainly led off by um, the Darth Maul, Spider Darth Maul thing, which I'm uh, sure apparently that happened. <laughs> it's it's an insane looking thing. It is, it is. And I'm actually kind of curious as to how that happens. I've, I've actually only just picked up um, Clone Wars season four on on blu-ray so I'm, I'm yet to actually get through the season i know darth maul is actually back and had his original sort of uh, two robotic legs but um i'm hoping this is actually based on something that happens in the cartoon and they haven't just decided to go with some wacky idea mm. from reading the solicit somewhere it was either from the cartoon or from a comic or something but yeah it sounded like there was some basis in it had been done somewhere by someone yeah um yeah the other things that we saw were um, there's a Hulk bust, a, um, a droid, a Star Wars droid bust. Um, there's a sand trooper on, uh, sorry, a, a storm trooper on a Jubak, um, and the Max Rebo mini bust. Yeah, I like that Max Rebo. Mm. Yeah, he's a cool looking character. Yeah, I could almost picture having that one on the desk at work. <laughs> I know that dude. That's right, and that that Hulk bust is absolutely gigantic. Apparently, to the top of the fist, it's it's something like twelve or thirteen inches. Like it's gi- it's just huge. Wow. Yeah, it sort of uh, defeats the the whole concept of the mini bust. I think. Yeah. That's the um, the movie version, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, with a, a very very good likeness of Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, yeah. it is. <clears throat> so I think that's uh, that's the news that I had. Um, anyone got anything else I want to talk about? I reckon that's enough. Alright. Guess <laughs> that wraps up the articulated news, and we'll be right back with the next instalment of the AFB podcast game, Name That. Now it's time for everybody's favourite podcast game, Name That. Our good friend John, a.k.a. Engineer Nerd from TVNFilmToys.com, presents us with an action figure sound, and the aim of the game is to guess where it's from. So, over to you, John. Hey, everybody. Engineer Nerd here with the next instalment of Name That. Last week, we heard this exciting commercial for a vintage toy line that sounded like... This battle in the history of the universe is about to begin. The Rulons! They're about to attack! We'll have to trap them in the canyon. If you're like my friend More Than on the forums, who guessed it correctly, this was a Dino Riders commercial. Moving on to something else, this week's sound is for something that has been mentioned on this very program before. So we'll give you a listen. Energizer ready! Plug in the energizer and you're in control. Batteries not included. But that's just the beginning. Blast off! The nose is a fighter plane. The wings are scout cars. Fire! Five toys at once. And that's still not all. And one more listen. Energizer ready! 
plug in the energizer, and you're in control. Battery's not included. But that's just the beginning. Blast off! The nose is a fighter plane. The wings are scout cars. Fire! Five toys at once. And that's still not all. Now, if you think you know what that sound is, come on over to the forum and make a guess, or drop a note on Facebook. Um, we'd love to hear your guesses, because uh, your guesses help everybody else guess as well. So, uh, peace out, people. Talk to you soon. Coming up next is Toy of the Week. It is a world transformed, where things are not what they seem. It is the world of the Transformers. The Transformers, more than meets the eye. Autobots wage their battle to destroy the evil forces of the Decepticons. Transformers, robots in disguise. Transformers, more than meets the eye. The Transformers from Marvel Comics. Now it's time for one of our feature segments, Toy of the Week. Each episode, we take turns looking at one toy or collectible in detail. These might be new releases, or we might talk about our favourite or bizarre items from our collection. This week, Ben has the Toy of the Week, so over to you, Ben. Yeah, thanks, Adam. This week, I'm going to be talking about the new Marvel Select Ultron figure. So for those of you who aren't a Marvel fan or just uh, even by curious of Marvel, Ultron is, of course, the robotic... Avengers villain. Um, Ultron was created by uh, Dr. Henry Pym, a.k.a. Jeez, just about everything, really. Giant Man, Ant-Man, Yellow Jacket, um, Transgender Wasp. um, Yeah, all sorts of weird things. Anyway, um, yeah, so he created created this robot. The robot became self-aware, got one of those sort of uh, Oedipus complex thingies and and decided to kill his father and... um, took on the Avengers and, and basically has been a thorn in their side ever since. Now, um, Ultron's a pretty sort of wicked-looking dude, big silver robot guy, and uh, we have had um, Ultron figures in the past. Many moons ago, there was a, a very short-lived series uh, Marvel villains called The Vault. Uh, the first and only wave consisted of uh, a Typhoid Mary, the Daredevil villain, um, a Stegron, um, everybody villain, and uh, Ultron. And the Ultron, you know, it wasn't too bad. Um, it sort of did the job, a little bit small by sort of Marvel Legends standards now, I guess. Then uh, later on with Marvel Legends, we actually did get a, a Marvel Legends Ultron figure, and uh, I think it's pretty much universally panned. Uh, they took a little bit of license with it. Um, to be fair, in Marvel Comics, when whenever Ultron comes back to, to cause havoc in the Marvel Universe, uh, each artist has a little bit of license and sort of adds a few bits and pieces here, makes him a little bit more sophisticated, um, a few more armor plates and that kind of thing. And, and the figure that was actually released in Marvel Legends um, as a, a pretty good passing resemblance for Ultron, but ultimately left fans pretty disappointed because it was just a little bit too over the top. So along come our uh, our pals at um, Diamond to release the Marvel Select Ultron. And uh, we, we actually talked about this figure very briefly when it was originally solicited, and uh, we gave it a bit of grief because the uh, promo shot that we got of the figure had those horrendous ball jointed hips. And, um, I'm here to tell you that in person, uh, they seem to have, I don't know, they've, they've made a bit of an effort. It's like the, the thighs sit a little bit higher on, on the ball joint. So they aren't quite as pronounced as they were in that promo image. 
Um, and I mean, they're still there and they're still obvious, but they're just not as bad as we originally saw, a little bit more aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, I was going to say, they um, they don't look anywhere near as bad as those original ones. The, the the balls seem to be hanging off the side of the figure almost in, in the promo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, pre- they're pretty bad. He looks like he's got this sort of, you know, these, these big womanly hips and uh, they, they're actually gone now. So, so look, this figure, um, it does harken back to the original Ultron. Um, I mean, you would say it, it is a classic Ultron. It's not quite the classic Ultron, uh, if... if you wanted to sort of get a little bit picky and go back to the original John Basima design. Uh, the original design didn't actually have the spikes on the shoulders that this one has, that they were sort of added later. And the, the little sort of railings slash ears slash antenna that are on the side of his head were actually uh, significantly smaller in his first appearance. But uh, the one thing they did really take from his original first appearance are the, the eye slits, um, have this sort of really fine, they, they, they sort of taper from wide up to a really fine curved slit, uh, and that is very, very pronounced um, as it was with the original figure. So this guy is actually, because he's a Marvel Select, he's pretty big, and uh, Ultron's always been sort of drawn as that sort of slightly bigger than, than human. You know, he's sort of a bit of a towering guy. Um, and so this figure... He's actually pretty big. I, I actually considered where, for a few weeks, he did come out a couple of months ago, and I've been umming and ahhing ever since because of just the Marvel Select scale issues with Marvel Legends because I'm not a Marvel Select collector. Um, but he's big. He clocks in at just under 19 centimetres, which is about 7.4 inches, um, and that's pretty big. And for those of you who are wondering how he would fit in with your Marvel Legends collection, he actually clocks in at the same height as the Series 1 Hulk figure, uh, top of his head's pretty close to the top of the Hulk's hairline. Now, that Hulk is a little undersized, um, but, of course, it's still, you know, he's bigger than most figures. Uh, I think one when we talk about big figures, one figure that I always refer to is, of course, the Marvel Legends Omega Red because he is big. And the top of Ultron's head is about the same height as Omega Red's head, so not not including Omega Red's ponytail. If we go to the top of his skull, they're about the same size. And um, he's been sitting on my shelf for the last few days, and he, yeah, look, he, he actually scales in pretty well. He, he fits in nicely. And the the other thing is, he some of the stories we've seen Ultron in, he does actually have replicas of himself. He he creates different versions, and we've even had storylines where he sort of resurrects his his previous bodies and things like that. So having him with the um, the Vault figure and the Marvel uh, Legends figure isn't really unreasonable. So you can have your little sort of army of Ultrons happening. So all right, what else? I mean, this figure has sort of your basic ball jointed um, head or or neck, so you actually get um, some reasonable articulation. You can have him sort of, um, his his head actually tilts back a sort of a fair way, so you can have him looking up at the ceiling. Um, You can almost sort of get his chin to touch his chest. Um, Unfortunately, the mouth isn't hinged in any way. Um, One thing that is interesting is in the original promo shots, he had these kind of um, sort of discs or, or things in his mouth. Um, the, I don't know exactly what they were, but I actually noticed that they're missing. So when you look into Ultron's mouth, the mouth is just smooth, basically. Um, so, 
but um, he has sort of the, the the bicep swivel where his shoulder joint uh, meets the bicep. He also where the um, the hinge is for the elbow. He's also it also rotates, so you get sort of like a secondary um, sort of I don't know swivel bicep cut, whatever you want to call it. Uh, just regular cut joint at the wrist. Now his hands actually come. Um, there's two different hands. Obviously, I mean, he has two hands, but they're different. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that. Um, the left one is actually a fist, but the right hand is actually one of those sort of, you know, open-handed sort of menacing. You can have him reaching out with that upturned hand doing the whole Doctor Doom, you know, I shall rule over you type thing. Um, he has the ab crunch swivel thingamy, um, the, the regular sort of swivel hips with the ball joints. Uh, interestingly, for such a big, chunky figure, he has the double-jointed knees. So we don't get the, the double-jointed elbows, but we get the double-jointed knees, um, which I guess just give you that little bit more flexibility with posing. And in addition to sort of the normal swivel joint um, ankle, he actually does come with ankle rockers. And for any of us who have tried sort of posing big figures, ankle rockers are an absolute dream. So that's actually pretty impressive. It really means that you can get him to stand quite firm. Um, and why I'm also sort of giving that bonus point is because straight out of the packet, uh, my Ultron has extremely uh, loose hips to the point where I can sort of hold him by the, the top half and, and swing his um, legs around. Uh, so he's actually a little bit hard to stand and the ankle rockers just give him that little bit of extra help standing up. So so Marvel Select, they sort of cancel each other out, unfortunately. So now one thing I did actually notice and I'm definitely going to take points off for is, is just the gigantic packaging with Marvel Select. Like these figures just come in, in this enormous packaging. They really are ridiculous. Um, he... He is a big figure, but he's he's not exactly juggernaut-sized. Um, he really is just sort of humanoid, um, you know, shaped, and, and therefore he's not that big. And because he only comes, the only accessory he comes with is his base, you've just got this gigantic packaging that is, is wasted. Like, I really, I don't understand. The only thing I can think of is that it's clearly just some kind of, um, uh, I assume it's some sort of eye-catching deal in that um if they make the packaging bigger it might catch the eye of the uh the casual shopper or, or something like that but really if if all the marvel select figures are together at your local comic shop i don't understand why it's necessary um nobody else seems to do packaging quite this big um so it's it's quite a joke actually so but he's held in with the, one of those double trays and five of those little twisties that are almost impossible to get undone without pliers. Um, as I mentioned, he comes with a base, like most Marvel select figures come with either a base or just sort of a background piece of scenery. Um, this one is a sort of semi-destroyed brick wall with some rubble on the ground. Uh, it's kind of nice in that it's got a little... Um, an itty-bitty wasp and a, an itty-bitty uh, ant-man on the ground. They're not removable. They're actually just cast as part of the the base. Um, it's pretty well detailed. It's nicely painted and textured effect on texture effect on the bricks, etc. But ultimately, it's pretty useless to me, ultimately. Did you see what I did there? Did you see that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. Um, 
I don't use these bases, uh, especially ones that actually have other characters on it, because I'm likely to display Ultron in my collection with a Wasp and an Ant-Man figure. It's kind of redundant having a tiny Ant-Man and Wasp figure on the base. So um, I like Scott and his accessories. This shall go in the giant plastic container of unwanted bases, like most of them. So, all right, well, what else can I tell you? Basically, um, the... The paint is pretty straightforward. There's not a lot to it. I mean, Ultron is silver. Um, he's effectively, well, he's, you know, he's often been made of different things, um, you know, been made of adamantium uh, and things like that. Um, I guess it's pretty hard for me to comment on the colour silver because I don't know what colour adamantium is. Um, all I can go by is that, you know, Wolverine's claws are really shiny. Uh, and um, Hey, I just thought of something. Uh-oh. Do you think whoever came up with adamantium liked Adam and the Ants? Could do. Could do. <laughs> or, or, or does it predate? Predates. Ah, damn, there goes my theory. Unless, of course. It's going as a spin-off of the, the um, word adamantine. Yeah. Unless. Meaning something like just really hard or something. <laughs> but that's not to say that adamant didn't actually read comic books and got that's inspired. That's true. Just so like let's... just like Brian Mannix, yeah, and so the Uncanny until... X Men. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and until such a time as we can interview Adam Ant to ask him, uh, or be bothered looking it up on Wikipedia, that's what we're going to roll with. Okay, carry on. <laughs> All right. Um, so, looking at the other uh, adamantium people that are around the place, such as. Um, Cyber and um, I'd actually know I was going to say Omega Red, but his coils are made of carbonadium or something like that. Yeah. Anywho, uh, moving on. Um, most of them seem to have a, a bit of a shiny appearance, but I think Ultron's never had a particularly shiny appearance, simply because I think when he was uh, doing his thing in Avengers back in the sixties, the the limited colouring techniques didn't really give him that um, very shiny appearance, and I think it's only been in sort of recent years they've given that effect. So. Uh, I guess, you know, to be fair, they have gone with um, the, the classic colouring, um, but the the silver, it's it's actually dull to the point where it looks as if it's been matted. Like, it's, it's not even sort of silver. It's almost just a, a grey, basically. Um, you know, I'd be very tempted to hit this with a bit of gloss coat, a bit of testers' gloss coat, just to see what happens. You know what? I would actually like to see this treatment on a silver surfer figure. Mm. Because Silver Surfer was actually meant to be white-skinned in the original comics, but eventually he took the colour off his name, obviously. But um, I think it would work quite well. Yeah, and became chrome in the end. Mm -hmm. so, so I don't know. I mean, would I like to see this figure sort of chromed? And oh, I think it would be worth giving a go. I mean, for now he looks pretty good. Um, one thing that is a bit odd uh, is where Ultron's sort of armour plates join and there's no real reasoning as to why um, the legendary Big John Basima actually designed him the way he did. He was created by um, Big John and Roy Thomas. Um, the, the, I guess the, the seams or, or the joins in his armour um, uh, are shown in the comics with sort of black lines, um, and I assume that was just to sort of break up the uh, the large areas of of the silver. But it's 
the way they've done them here, they're actually sculpted. So, again, credit for not just painting them on. They have actually sculpted these lines into the plastic, but they have actually painted them black. And in a couple of places, particularly the thighs, the chest, and, and sort of higher up near his neck, um, the black is is really, really obvious. Um, it really, it, it's almost too much for me. Um, I, I would have liked, I don't know, maybe just a, a bit more subtlety um, with it. But look, overall, um, I, I think, you know, kudos to them for going with the, the classic look. He, you know, Marvel Select have given us the Ultron that, that we wanted, that we deserved. And, uh, you know, from a distance on the shelf, he's incredibly imposing and uh, will do the job just fine. Yeah, I must say I'm actually surprised with how he looks and, and the photos we've seen. The, the posability is, is really nice. Something that we haven't seen from Marvel Select often. Yeah, um, obviously doesn't have the the range of motion that a Marvel Legends figure does. But um, I mean, looking at him from a distance, you know, he's a he's a great looking sort of figure. But um, the uh, the the loose ball jointed hips, um, the they're still a bit too pronounced for me. The black's a bit dramatic. Um, so I look, I think uh, I probably also would have preferred him without the shoulder spikes. Um, so I'm going to probably give this guy six and a half out of ten dollies. So losing points for the joints, the shoulder spikes. The, the, o- the overdone black lines, the huge packaging, which just annoyed me. The throwaway base. <laughs> oh, yeah, look, you've got to give people something. I mean, I don't know what else you would have given <laughs> uh, I think I think realistically, if it was, if you'd thought about it, you would have given him something that attaches onto like the chest piece or something, so it looks like a cracked open chest or something practical, right? Maybe. Mm. Yeah. Look, to be honest, I would have easily done away with the base, uh, and in place of that, had something like um, like a snap-on, um, you know, energy blast that you can put over that right hand, um, so he's, as if he's using his disintegrator beam. Um, you know, maybe even try and get that that whole sort of Kirby bubble energy thing going, the Kirby dots. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It sounds like it's, you know, not the best, not the worst. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere in between. So this score sounds about right. Make of it what you will. That's right. Indeed. Well, that wraps up Toy of the Week. When we come back, we'll be talking about the new items that we've added to our collections this week. Morp with Talking Space Pack says eight things. Morp Talking Ragdoll says seven things. When you pull the string, you can never be sure what these two will say next. And here's Mork from Ork. An Ork Egg and Mindy Doll, too. Five fun toys, each sold separately. Mork Doll with Talking Space Pack. Other Mork collection toys are each sold separately. New from Mattel. Well, we're all here because we collect, so Feeding Addiction is where we take time to check in with each other and discuss any new acquisitions or pre-orders that we've made in uh, the last week or so. Um, so, Ben, anything you've gotten? Well, I picked up the new Marvel Select Ultron. Oh, really? Tell us yeah. about it. <laughs> That's just in case, you know, you have to come in halfway through the podcast. Some people like to jump around and go to their, you know, favourite bits, so I'm just letting people know so it doesn't come as a surprise. Uh, I'm not sure if I mentioned it on last week's show. Actually, no, I didn't. Um, 
Sunday, last as in last week, day after we normally record the podcast, I travelled to Sydney and went to the uh, Parramatta Collectors Fair, which is a, a, a collectors fair that's been around for quite some time. It's held at a local town hall. It's normally extremely crowded, extremely hot. Uh, a lot of people selling a lot of crap, uh, a lot of Star Wars stuff usually turns up. But um, the main reason I actually went is because I was talking to one of our other co-hosts, Justin. Uh, aka Night Owl, and he said that he was actually going to try and get along, and so I decided to give it a go, and um, yeah, actually met up with uh, Justin and went and uh, caught up over some lunch, which was pretty cool. Nice. Yeah, yeah, it was good to actually finally, you know, meet him in the flesh, and I realised I had no idea what he looked like, so I was just kind of wandering around like a, you know, like a strange person staring at everybody. <laughs> um, but one, one thing that is really good about the fair is there's usually a lot of people who, I think there's even a couple of guys from uh, Oz Figurama who get together and put their own stall up and sell loose figures, and I usually go there for army builders, and did pretty well this time. I picked up uh, two Marvel Legends hand ninjas, uh, I got two loose Marvel Select Brood figures. Uh, I got two of the Cree soldiers. Yep. Um, I also picked up the uh, variant um, wasp figure, the red costume, longer head wasp. Um, and just as I was actually leaving, I was heading back to my car and I walked past a game video game store and I noticed they had a huge display of uh, NECA action figures and so i actually managed to get caught up on all my NECA predator figures so i picked up about um, five of those and i even got a deal on a couple of them because the packaging had actually come like the blister had been torn away from the card and these guys had used staplers and tape to to hold them down and um, (laughs) they actually discounted them by 50 percent because of the damaged cards and so it's like beauty i'll take advantage of that so, of course, as soon as I got home, out they came and packaging went in the bin and uh, quite environmentally friendly packaging, I might say. Just enough packaging to keep the figure in there with no excess. In Marvel Select. <laughs> so, yeah, actually, it was um, turned out to be a pretty good run. So, yeah, that's that's my score for the week. Cool. Eli, anything from you? Yeah, not from me personally. I was at the LCS this week, and I looked at the uh, the new Wonder Woman figure from DC Collectibles from the um, the new Fifty Two Justice League oh, yes. figure. It's um, no, wasn't as good as as I, as I was hoping. So I just passed okay. on that pretty quickly. So what um, what didn't me? I mean, I'm I'm quite keen just to see what the new sculpts look like. Like, did it was sort of the, the face badly done, or was it just an overall? Feel or yeah, just a bit meh, and the skin skin tone was an issue. Um, mm. I think we've talked about this before that um, DC stopped. Um, they they either stopped sculpting or started sculpting them in in the um, in the actual flesh tone, and then ah uh, yes, casting in the flesh, yes, yeah. and that sounds good in principle, but it just didn't really look good the um, figure so it was okay but I'm not getting any of the others so why would I get this one (laughs) fair enough but um, uh, Christmas shopping has started for for the kids and um, I've actually got a little bit of a a little bit of a geek thing for my um, my 10 year old son and I do hope he's going to enjoy it as much as I'm enjoying (laughs) buying the thing and looking at what can be done it's actually a um, there was a bit of news about this a few months ago. It's, a, it's like a credit card-sized computer um, called a Raspberry Pi, 
that's being uh, made in developed in the UK, and it's um, it's a quite a powerful little little computer. It's um, it's, it's what you buy is just like a, a tiny motherboard with um, a bunch of inputs and outputs on it, and it's, it runs off a um, an operating system that's just on an SD card. <laughs> uh, it's a Linux-based Linux system, and it's it's really cool what you can do with it. Um, you can actually, you know, the the idea of it is for educational purposes and to actually get kids uh, an accessible way for kids and uh, and teaching for learning more about computers rather than just playing games and you know creating the occasional web page. Uh, it's been identified as a skill that's disappearing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a really nice little thing, and you know, as I say, you can learn programming. There's a couple of um, programming languages that that, that uh, you can use to make your own games. Um, you, you can run audio and video off it. Um, actually, there was a summer sessions competition that just happened in the UK where um, there was like a youth camp type of thing, and uh, in the under thirteen category, the winner was somebody who created a. Um, a time-lapse camera program using this thing. It's amazing mm. amazing what people are doing. And the other cool thing is you can uh, make your own cases for them. So if ah, you, if you cool. did a search for Raspberry Pi Lego case, you would see some pretty <laughs> amazing stuff. So hopefully that's going to be the hook that goes, oh, cool, Dad, thanks. <laughs> it is pretty good. Cool. I mean, for something so tiny, they, they're just completely packing it in. Yeah, yeah, and and just in the this is like the the one we've got is like Model B revision too. You know they're constantly improving it. Yeah, half yeah. a gig of RAM. You know it goes yeah. all right. I mean, some people still have TVs that don't have HDMI, and you know this thing's got HDMI in addition to yeah, sort of the USB and the Ethernet port and yeah, and you can buy like a little Wi-Fi adapter. You know, get a powered USB hub. You know, and, and <laughs> yeah. you're off. Sweet. Fantastic. Very cool. And cheap. The actual <laughs> this actual unit cost me forty bucks, I think. So forty bucks for a computer. Nice. That's a good deal. Hmm. How about you, Adam? Um, so I uh it's been a while since I've been on, so I've got a lot of stuff. Um <laughs> sit back of, and make yeah, yourself a another, cup of tea. Another ridiculously long named Evangelion figure. Um, I don't know what it is about these things that they always decide that it's got to have at least five or six words before you get to the actual figure name. Um, so I've got that, which is um, Eva 2 the Beast. Um, so I basically think Eva 2 flips out and goes crazy. Um, I've got the I think it was Series 4 wave of Marvel Universe, the one that's got um, Kang and Scarlet Witch in it. Um, pre-ordered the next few waves of Marvel Universe. So I think there's a couple of – there's a team wave – there was the one that's got Hercules, and there was what was the other one? The one with uh, Professor X and Jubilee and Blastar, I think it was. Do you um, with the Marvel Universe, Adam? Do you just get the whole wave? Like, do you just go, "Oh, bugger it! I'll just order the whole wave and take the good with the bad," or, or are you a, a pretty good cherry picker? Uh, I pretty much just go. Uh, I can't be bothered cherry picking. And when Big Bad Toy Store put up the um, option to buy the whole wave, or just buy the wave. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, they're generally pretty good about it, and they won't include the ones that are duplicates of things we've already seen in the past. Yeah. Um, and then after that, if there's a variant that I particularly want, I'll go and try and cherry-pick that from somewhere else. But Cool. 
Um, so yeah, so I've got that. Um, Supernova was in Adelaide uh, last week. So we got along to that on Saturday and picked up a couple of volumes of Scott Pilgrim and uh, what did Beck pick up? She picked up, I think, the first Lock and Key and the first Saga. So, nice. um, yeah, that was pretty good. Got to see James Masters from Buffy. Um, oh, cool. His talk, and that was pretty good. So that was a good weekend. But otherwise, yeah, um, there's a bunch of other stuff that I got. Oh, it was my birthday a couple of weeks back, so... Um, got a couple of board games. I got the thing that's the sixth edition. I think that they're up to um, starter set for um, D and D. So, oh, I, nice. A lot of material read before I can even consider inviting people around to play. <laughs> yes. And there'll be you know hours of I'm sure people just creating characters, and and then there'll be a, a session after that where I actually start playing. Yeah. And and best of all, there's probably already a whole bunch of. Um really awesome geeks out there who've created, you know, PDF character sheets and all that sort of stuff that you just, you know, plug in all your details. Yeah, hopefully, because um, otherwise I'm going to be there for a while. And then there'll be the um, undeniable sense of frustration when we start playing and find out that you've got a character that's completely and utterly crap. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then we have to go back to the drawing board again. So I'm sure that one will be a, a session of frustration for a few weeks or a few times and then we'll get going. Yeah, I think that's pretty much me caught up. Good on you. Hmm. So, um, yeah, if no one's got anything else to report, uh, I think it's time to go over to the next red card and uh, see who's done a bad thing in this week. <laughs> <laughs> what is this bizarro world? Red card is a chance to poke fun at the what-the-fuck moments in our hobby, be they unusual announcements, a complete fail action figure, or worse. Any out apparently this week is Eli, so over to you. Yeah, thanks, Adam. Um, so, um, Toy Walker on Twitter, the, uh, his handle is Toy Walker. Uh, he posted this for us, and it's uh, it's just too good of a bootleg to, to not nominate, really. It's... um. <laughs> And I have actually seen these uh, in some yes. eBay listings, but somebody's actually picked them up. It is a five-pack thing called Collection Marvel Heroes. Save the world. Marvel Heroes 4. God, I hope it's not the fourth wave. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it's not quite Marvel Heroes. So in this set, we have an Iron Man, a Spider-Man, a Batman, a Hulk, and Captain America spot the odd one out. <laughs> <laughs> and the packaging also features um, a couple of other characters. I think there we see a Thor from the movie and Superman. also Superman Returns. Superman. <laughs> and these things are just turds. There's, there's no better way to play <laughs> it. Uh, aside from the fact, you know, the, the licensing's a bit confused and um, we can see <laughs> this. They're not even in scale with each other. Like Spider-Man is, looks like he's the, the largest of the set. Um, <laughs> that's typically not how it works. Um, the the Iron Man and Captain America are probably from movie franchises. Yeah. Hard to tell. Batman is from the the Nolan movies. Um, Spider-Man's definitely not from the movies. Uh, and Hulk, well, 
He's he's a bit special. It's <laughs> kind of hard to say. I'm not sure where he's from, but um, the, the the close-up picture we've got a, of the Hulk um, really is quite shocking, and <laughs> <laughs> I think it's you know it's it's I don't know how fast these things were going down the conveyor belt or if they are actually stable when it went past somebody holding a brush, but. Um, it almost looks like, try and describe it, it's got um, sloppy paintwork all over it and you can't see where the teeth start and, and the green ends and um, he seems to have this um, raised eyebrow type of <laughs> face painted onto him. Well, that, that thing is impressive, whatever it is. Yeah, it looks <laughs> like he's he's got a, a, a pencil moustache over one eye and a slug over the other. <laughs> and receding hairline. He's got this like he's got this comb forward happening, like he's trying to cover the. Well, you know, it looks like he's been in a burn accident or something. He clearly got drunk the night beforehand with the rest of the Avengers, and they started shaving his eyebrows and hair. <laughs> it's party Hulk. But it's, I, actually, um, I, I refer to these eyes as the fried egg look. Uh, you know, you've got this giant white sort of you know, yeah, the yeah. white of the fried egg, and then these like big black dots in the middle of them that are meant to represent the pupils, but they're just so badly done. They're inconsistent in size. I mean, you know, e- even our pal Gertie in China would be ashamed to um, <laughs> to, to see this one. <laughs> no, it's pretty awesome. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, these things go really cheap because they are really cheap. You probably pay more for postage than you do for the actual figures. Horrible. It's- it's just well, look. At least with this one, they've been consistent, and they've got five superheroes in the package together. I mean, I, I've seen some of these kind of bootleg ones where you're sort of going, "Oh, look, it's Iron Man, Spider Man, Batman, Trek." <laughs> <laughs> it's just like what? <laughs> but it's interesting on the packaging that on on the left hand side, you've kind of got like the movie Avengers. You've got Thor, Hulk, Iron Man, and Cap, and they're kind of facing off against. Superman and Batman on the uh, the right hand side of the packaging, though for some reason, movie Spider Man has teamed up with them. And um, I mean, you've got Marvel Heroes four, and there's actually five figures in the packaging. It's like Batman's a bonus. Well, what if it's actually series four, and you're going to go back and track the first three series? Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell, that's going to be disappointing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the only thing we don't seem to know about this is what the retail price is, but. Um, I think anything is too much. Yeah, okay. I would think my local reject shop would reject it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how much it costs, but, you know, the holding a turd in Batman, because if you look at his feet, he's doing the trying to hold one in. <laughs> <laughs> the oops, I crap my pants, Batman. Yeah. He's got his giant gun and his giant batarang. And no okay. Yes. So, I'm done talking about that. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, coming up after that well-deserved fail is our discussion topic of the week. <laughs> Duke's in trouble! Scramble the Storm Eagle! But G.I. Joe Storm Eagle has a hidden water cannon that shoots up to 20 feet! But the Cobra Liquidator's making a splash, and the Parasite's launching catapult missiles! Mobilize the Patriot! It's the G.I. Joe Patriot with a huge mortar cannon that really fires! <laughs> G.I. Joe Patriot, Storm Eagle, Cobra, Parasite, and Liquidator sold separately. I found the Barracuda! But Duke's gone! So glad you could join us! 
Toy collectors are a fickle bunch and have high expectations for the figures and lines they collect. Sometimes a figure or line may not hit the high notes we want it to. Sometimes there's a total crash and burn. So tonight we're talking about the broken promises that we've received and uh, these are the figures and lines that have simply missed the mark with a multitude of sins. So um, let's get into what we define as a bit of a broken promise. Uh, <laughs> it's a pretty long list sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it really is. I mean, there's obviously... Um, there's lines that have bad levels of articulation for, for people that don't like articulation. Yeah, I think it's a hard one. I think, I mean, if this is um, the sort of thing you, you talk about online, there's a lot of people who just come back and, and they're sort of disappointed with um, a certain version of a, of a character that's released. I know there's a lot of criticism for DC Universe classics, but I, I don't know that that makes for a, a broken promise. Um, I think you mentioned the significant lack of articulation um, certainly by today's standards, we have pretty high expectations for articulation, so it seems to be really, really obvious when the articulation's not there. Yeah, I mean, I, the way I, I would say significant lack of articulation is, did they do it better back in the 80s? Yeah, well, that's a pretty good measuring stuff, isn't it? Well, speaking of um, the 80s, yeah, when we threw this out to the, the various... Um, Social media, uh, Eric's on Action Figure Blues came back and said the recent Green Lantern movie figures, the three and three quarter figures, um, and, and Mattel even admitted that there was a, a, a deliberate uh, reduction in the articulation uh, in order to keep the price point down. But I think the problem was that the price point was sort of kept down, but it was the same as sort of other toys that were on the shelves, only they had um, significantly less articulation. And, I mean, you know, these days you just can't get away with five or six points of articulation. Well, that's what those new Man of Steel prototypes look like. They do, don't they? Yep. Mm. Yeah. But was that also, you know, a case of the, the the retailers jacking up prices and was it also a case of, you know, did Mattel have some inkling that the movie was a turd sandwich? Yeah, it's interesting. I wonder if quite often when companies like Mattel are talking to the big retailers like Walmart, whether they mention that, oh, look, we're going to have Green Lantern figures in store and they're going to have a recommended retail price of X and whether Walmart come back and say that's too much. If you want us to stock them, they have to be $15 a figure. Um, and then they go, okay, in order to do $15 a figure, we have to cut out, you know, the fourth and fifth colours and, the you know, anything more than six articulation points. Yeah, those decisions get made a fair way back too. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So I guess some of the other things, you know, bad paint jobs, there's plenty of examples of those out there. <laughs> well, I think one of the guys on Facebook talked about Infinite Heroes from DC. There's, and I mentioned the Firestorm one when I was doing the Firestorm retrospective. Some of that stuff was shocking. Yeah, that was actually um, Wayne, Wayne Kelly, our, our buddy Ack. So many one. He um, mentioned that Infinite Heroes was just uh, uh, not even the character selection um, was poor in the beginning, but they're actually just a poorly executed line. The, the the sculpts weren't all that good. The execution of the paint wasn't all that good. Um, and by the time they sort of picked it up and increased the articulation and the character selection, I think you know pretty much um, that ship had sailed. Yeah, collectors had given up, and uh, it, it just sort of died that death. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, similarly, right? I mean, even a good a good line like Marvel Legends, the Kitty Pride from that had horrible paintwork on it. Mm. Like, not in terms of you know they 
plastered makeup all over her face or anything, but it was just um, just badly done. They just didn't put any real effort into a lot of it. Yeah, and I, I certainly think that there's any number of examples of where the the broken promise is where we get to see the the promotional image, we get to see a prototype, um, and we always get excited when we see the prototype and then we get the final product in hand and it's like, holy crap, you know, what happened between there and there? Um, yeah, well, I'd, um, in more recent times, the, the DC um, 52 Flash figure, which was solicited originally looking like a really intri- cool representation of a character that you may or may not like, and then they changed it to look shit. <laughs> that's right and, and for me i think and, and and still ranks as my ultimate sort of worst figure of all time has got to be the marvel legends emma frost figure um i mean you know you're, you're talking about the consummate hot blonde uh and that figure is just a train wreck from start to finish i mean not only is the sculpt horrendous she's got that huge sort of diaper nappy sort of hips thing happening but the face is just it's got almost no um, no detail to it whatsoever and, and what paint has been applied is um, just really emphasises how badly sculpted it is. Yeah. Um, but then by the same token, it's not like they did a great job with the Black Queen where they used the same sculpt pretty much apart from they, you know, put a different head on it slightly. Yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, and um, I think horrible paint in this day and age really is um, inexcusable. Uh, looking at my Necker Predators, the, the level of detail and the shading in them is just exquisite. They've really gone to town with the detail um, in the sculpt and then the paint just complements it really, really well. Like all the, the armour pieces have that sort of wash over them and um, any sort of textured surface really has that contrasting sort of dry brush effect on it and... You know, when you're getting that kind of quality in a in a collectible figure, to to see something like um, you know McFarlane's Walking Dead figures, uh, which, I mean, it, uh, it's it's difficult to, to to just you know continually hammer um, a line like this because ultimately you know we are criticising somebody's work, like somebody actually you know created this this thing and spent hours doing what they did so we're we're bagging out somebody's sort of livelihood here but um you know no offense guys but you just failed on every level um i, I mean it's not just i think it was um hater on on critical mess just said that you know the scale starting off just the scale was bad it doesn't actually fit in with anything you, you can't put them alongside anything else um and then choosing some pre-posed um you know poses really fails especially with humans because you just once it's pre-posed and you've got the texture of material and in clothing and things like that um any any articulation that exists the slightest movement and it just looks awkward um and and you really are and and you know mcfarlane became the the king of the staction that that sort of that you know um unaction or inaction figure i guess and throw on some some horrendous sculpting some as hater puts it god awful likenesses and sloppy paint and you know you've got something that was barely even passable 10 years ago yeah mm. it's been a big big disappointment for a lot of people absolutely so yeah i'd agree with that i think you know but at the same time i also kind of sit there and think well what do we really expect these days are we expecting too much in some cases um 
I mean, I look at, for example, the three and three quarter, you know, Marvel Universe line, and the problem I have with it is where you do have bad sculpts and bad paintwork is that then it's standing next to something that's in the same line from the same company that's completely the opposite. Mm. And you kind of wonder, okay, is it just that they've they've gone, ah, oh, this this wave has to make us, you know, money for pretty much doing no work, and this wave, yeah, this will be the one where we lose money. And it's interesting the conversation we were having with um, Katrina Arana a month or so ago who um, does um, quite a lot of freelance um, action figure design, particularly a lot of work on the decos. There was insight on, you know, basically get a brief for this uh, This wave is going to have, you know, we've budgeted for so many paint applications across the whole wave. Mm. Um, so your brief is to, you know, make this whole wave of figures we've already decided on, but make it work with this many colours. Yeah. And... And they are only thinking at a wave of it at a time. So it, it is highly possible, wave to wave, that things will just fuck up. Yeah. Hmm. And it's disappointing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's wrong. Yeah. Um, something I noticed, uh, Xavier on uh, Critical Mess mentioned that the, the return of Marvel Legends has been a big disappointment. Uh, for him just saying that, you know, the actual the figures themselves are actually great. So those that you do like uh, are well done, but uh, particularly the A-listers, but it's just been the character selection that's been uh, a big letdown. And I have to agree, as a, a Marvel Legends collector, uh, there's nothing worse than, than seeing a, a new wave of figures solicited, uh, say six figures, and basically there's only three that you want because the other three are... Um, you know, either some sort of a, a redo or basically just uh, a character in uh, a variation, like a variant costume that you're just not interested in. And I think the, the classic example there is, um, you know, obviously we have to get our Iron Spider Vereen in, in every wave, but, you know, having a, a Spider-Man figure um, and then having a variant of that Spider-Man figure being another Spider-Man figure, neither of which you really want, uh, is pretty crappy and I think the most recent wave of Marvel Legends is is probably my preference like if, if they're going to do this sort of thing where they're going to continue to put some kind of Spider-Man figure some kind of Captain America figure in every wave then I'd rather not have a builder figure because I don't want to have to actually buy the figures that I don't want just to get the builder figure piece mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm a so I'm a big fan of the running changes, like the idea that Mystique has got a running change with uh, Mirage and, and Punish has got a running change with Blade. I think that's a great idea. But, um, yeah, as far as getting a builder figure, no, not so good. I think it's hard. I mean, you've got to balance, the, you know, the, the there's the collectors who uh, already collected Marvel Legends and so they're hoping for figures that weren't done the first time around. And the first time around... There, correct me if I'm wrong, but there wasn't a lot of that Spider-Man, Wolverine, um, Iron Man at the time. You know, they were they were pretty good with you know mixing it up, but they were kind of being asked to. Uh, they're reusing some of those figures, but we're kind of expected to forget that Marvel Legends ever happened. And is you know is are they are they meeting enough of the consumer market with the you know replaying the same figures over and over again at the collector's expense? 
Yeah, that's right. And, and that's why I say go for the six-figure wave. Feel free to do those running changes, but don't do a builder figure because um, I'm just not prepared to, to get six figures when I only want three in order just to get a, a builder figure. Mm. Yeah. But then, I mean, at the same time, right, when they went to the two-packs, what was that, two years ago, they, they basically said, oh, we'll do Marvel Legends as a two-pack. And they had variants. And if you wanted a variant, I think, I'm trying to think what it was, I think um, Warpath was one of the variant ones that I actually wanted both versions of. And I had to do that. I had to get a version of Deadpool and then a version of Deadpool that I really didn't want. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Right. Right. It was a very clever marketing ploy because they, they managed to put each of the, the, the really sought-after characters with another character that us collectors didn't want but that would be appealing to the mums and pops that sort of walk past in the toy aisle. Yeah. So, hmm. yeah. Another one that um, Case Carter mentioned was um, that you know, with the identity crisis figures from DC Direct, in that uh, it was an opportunity to get characters like Doctor Light, but instead of going with figures based on, or either sort of with a, a generic design uh, as opposed to a artist-specific design, if they were going to go with an artist-specific line, they could have gone with Rags Morales, who did the art, but instead they actually decided to go with um, the versions of the characters based on the, the cover art of Michael Turner. And, uh, you know, Turner, you're either a Turner fan or you're not a Turner fan. And uh, I think even the Turner fans might be a bit um, bit stretched with that particular um, wave of figures because um, I, I just think Turner's art did not translate well to, to action figures, particularly the girls. No, no definitely not. But I guess that's another one where I think it's an interesting question is at what scale would you stop saying it has to be specific, has to be in this artist's interpretation of? Mm. Mm. I think six inches is probably it, right? So, Speaking of disappointing um, artists, supposedly artist-specific DC lines, Heroes of the DC Universe, supposedly based on the art of George Perez and was supposedly to rival Mattel's DC Universe classics. Um, there was a lot of a lot of uh, promise in that line, but when it came, well, I think it lasted three or four waves. But there was just something off about it from day one. the um, The articulation was awkward and had some sort of an ab crunch that you couldn't actually use well. All the figures appeared to be hunched over, and their arms were too long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they were grotesquely muscled too. Like even for superheroes, they were very, very big figures. Yeah, yeah. The 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 the, the chests on those things were were kind of ridiculous. And there was no females in that in that series in that um, line either. <laughs> Given the size of them, probably for the best. Yeah, yeah. I was real. I mean, they the, the decos were great. Um, the quality of the plastic was great, but just something went wrong in what they were trying to do. Yeah, you, yeah. you just couldn't stand them up in in interesting ways. Yeah, yeah. Mm. One that I speaking of um, uh, of character selection, one, one that I actually I laughed out loud at was, um, and, and I hope I didn't sort of do it at Ernest's expense. But uh, Ernest Madison on Facebook said that the aliens line by Kenner was a big disappointment because um, I, I'm not sure if you guys actually remember those or have seen them, but. They actually released um, significant numbers of variants, and they did it with their um, their predator line too. So there was 
kind of like, you know, crab alien and, and frog alien and mosquito alien and I'm just making them up now, but they, they did all these sort of weird variations and, and as he said that, you know, it would have been nice to just to get an alien, like an alien that actually looked like it came out of the movie, but they actually didn't do one in that line. Mm, yeah, no, I don't yeah. recall that. <laughs> That's kind of, you know, a bit, bit strange when you don't actually do, you know, the, the, the design of the character that people would probably want most. Yeah, I think that's a fair call. But at the same time, I guess, I don't know who they would have had coming up with these designs, right? Were you just going, oh, we'll just, just come up with something and we'll wax and it looks a bit like an alien head on it. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know the story behind them and perhaps there was some sort of licensing agreement uh, when we talked to Randy Falk from NECA um, a couple of weeks ago. Randy said that um, that when they did the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles line that they specifically had to do the comic version um, and they weren't allowed to sort of vary out of that, that particular uh, sort of look. So perhaps maybe with Alien there was some sort of restriction on doing the actual Alien, but they could do all the variations thereof or, mm. or something. Or I don't know, maybe I'm just excusing them for a bad line. Uh, it'd have to be something like that. Yeah, you can't actually do Alien, but you can do an interpretation of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's like the um, the networks at the Olympics who didn't have the um, didn't have the rights to actually show the footage, so they recreated the events with Lego and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that works for me. <laughs> More entertaining. Yeah, and on the subject of horrible sculpting, um, our pal John, aka Engineer Nerd, said that he was extremely disappointed with the the most recent um, Star Trek and Terminator figures from uh, Playmates. And, and I have to agree, um, I actually didn't pick up figures from either line. Um, and certainly, at least in my town, um, the, the Star Trek ones just went on clearance. And um, Toys R Us in Australia just do not seem to do clearance much. They, they, you know, they hang in there and hang in there and hang in there at full price for just about forever. But um, the Star Trek ones were ones that they eventually just, they had so many of, they just cleaned them out uh, very, very cheap. But they, they had horrible um, sculpting, they just really did not work at all. Yeah, you want, and was it just the wrong the wrong company given the license? Yeah, they just didn't have the detail. And I mean, it's worse when you've got to bring out a figure of John Connor and put him in a baseball cap and and you know some sort of um, um, sort of you know handkerchief over his face because they couldn't get the Christian Bale likeness. Uh, rights so you know John Connor had this really weird figure where you couldn't even see his face um, it was uh, yeah a, a bit strange yeah I guess one of the other things you know value for money and again for me personally you know obviously there was the Shield Heli Carrier um, was just a complete rip off for what it was um, a, I'd be surprised if there'd be people that don't think that the uh, Master of the Universe Classics is not getting that way. Certainly by the time you add postage, it really does add up to make a, a very expensive action figure. I mean, I, I, look, to be honest, I don't have a whole lot of sympathy. Um, you've got these people sort of saying, oh, I can't believe I'm paying $30 for an action figure. And it's like, oh, yeah, welcome to you know our lives. Um, I mean, 10 years ago, um, DC Direct figures in Australia were $30 each. Uh, and, and that was standard. And, and sometimes when the dollar was at a really bad, bad way um, compared to the US dollar, they were more than that. They were thirty-five dollars a figure. And so I just, as a general rule, uh, figures at retail in Australia are a very, very poor value for money. 
Mm. Yeah. But, I mean, I can I can just see, for example, Castle Grayskull, I just, for all the all that's gone on with this thing, and yeah, fine, they cleared their, their minimum numbers and whatever else, I can just see it's going to go pear-shaped. <laughs> I don't know why, I just have this, this thing in the back of my head that says, that thing is not going to turn out the way that people expect for that price. Yeah, I think like, that's, that's a, a ridiculous price for what, if it's anything like the original, is going to be just moulded plastic that's, you know, it's not thick moulded plastic, it's not anything intricate, really. Mm. Uh, I don't know what's, what's going to cost that much about it. It better be big enough and they better ship it on time. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, everybody's going to hear about it. Well, that's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. I think something I've been, um, uh, you guys probably remember uh, a month or two ago when I did Toy of the Week, I did my um, my uh, my SH figure arts uh, Urotaros figure. And, remember uh, it fondly. Yeah. <laughs> Making you say it repeatedly. Um, yeah, look, I... I've been keeping an eye on on those figures and more of the the Cayman Rider, Master Rider um, figures from that series, and uh, I just can't get over the price. It, it seems like if it's even remotely Japanese, uh, if it's even remotely a Japanese property or, or even made in Japan or something, it just seems to have a really um, ridiculous retail price. I, I just I can't seem to understand why these little sort of four inch five inch figures seem to retail for 50 and 60 dollars each i think some of that is actually that they have exclusive distribution things i'm pretty sure there was some of those um i'm trying to remember what line it was it was either it might have been dragon ball z there was a dragon ball z it might have been figure on and to begin with you know for the first six months no one could get them or they weren't distributing by any legitimate kind of major stores outside of Japan yeah. and you'd have to eBay it and then after they, you know, after six months they kind of did come out and they were big money and then eventually start, sort of tapered off a little bit but not much. Yeah, yeah. And I guess on the topic of value for money, we do plug them quite a bit but um, I really don't think when it, you know, we can go through this conversation, this discussion of value for money and not mention Lego. Uh, look, they've got some amazing properties and they're doing some awesome stuff and, and you know, there's plenty of um, sets per licence. Like, we can't dispute that we certainly haven't got our share of, you know, Batman stuff and I'm sure that these DC stuff will continue. But really, when it comes down to it, you know, Lego is, is sort of 40%, you know, content and 60% licensing. It's definitely gone that way because I think that's pretty much the only thing keeping them going, really. Yeah, yeah. Like I think I think Star Wars saved Lego flat out. Well, I, think I think without Lego Star Wars stuff, they'd be gone. Well, I think the other thing that saved them is the video games. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I certainly know when I was mad keen and collecting the Batman Lego, um, this is before the DC um, sort of superheroes, when it was just Batman, and, and I had all the sets, and I remember going over to my um, my buddy Nick's place and um, Nick had actually opened all, all his up and, and built it and so he had it all on display and I can just remember you know looking and going that's it like that's that that's it that the contents of that giant box is is that thing like mm. seriously <laughs> yeah. yeah well as the, I mean, uh, yeah. as the as the father of a Star Wars Lego fan <laughs> I, I've, I've figured out that um, 
the bigger the set, the better value, even though that ends up costing you more. But uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it can be quite disappointing. It's one of those things where realistically, if you're not interested in the, the actual content, you, you're better off hitting eBay. Yeah. and just get a bulk load of brick, random bricks and off you go, right? I mean, if you're just in it just for, oh, I want to be able to build whatever I want, and yeah. I don't want an instruction sheet, that's how you do it. Yeah. Because buying a, a tub of new bricks is just horribly, horribly inefficient and not at all economical. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah, very good. All right. Given us a pretty good run. Yeah. Mm. Well, that wraps up our discussion on the topic then, and uh, I think we'll come back in a moment with some more feedback before we wrap things up. Now you can have your own special Captain Planet adventure with your favorite planeteers. There's Wheeler, who has the power of fire, and the daring Linka with the power of wind. You can even use the planeteer's eco-cycle, and your own power rings will let you call Captain Planet to the rescue and save the Earth. Captain Planet and the Planeteers, now available at Kmart. Before we finish off, we have some feedback from our listeners to share with you. If you'd like to hear your questions, comments or suggestions on future episodes, email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com and you may just hear it read out. Ben, you have our feedback for tonight, so over to you. Yeah, thanks, Adam. Um, we've got some feedback from Ant Andy Bentley from Facebook, and uh, he's just commented on our discussion of Castle Grayskull, and he said, well, I'm certainly not a Maddie cheerleader, um, just noting that the Toys R Us Millennium Falcon uh, retails for $250, so the price for Castle Grayskull uh, really isn't that insane. And uh, Look, I, to be honest, I, I didn't think that Castle Grayskull was that expensive i thought 200 was sort of kind of reasonable when you look at um some of those bigger lego sets etc and you know the, they seem to have done a pretty good job on the, the shipping for such a big item so uh i don't know i guess time will tell that's a good uh, point though i just look at how much i can get the original thing for for on ebay and i kind of go well it's the same scale guys mm. i could just take a photo of it and enlarge it and put it as a background <laughs> that's right that's right. And, uh, yeah, we also got some feedback from Eric's at the AFB forum, and he just wanted to uh, congratulate us for the last show and uh, just mention that the AFB challenge had him laughing out loud during his drive to work. And, yeah, it was fun. It was uh, good, good fun, and I hope it's something that uh, John's prepared to revisit in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well, that brings us to the end of episode number 40 of the Action Figure Blues podcast. We hope you've listening, enjoyed listening to all of us. You will be able to download future episodes of the podcast by going to actionfigureblues.com and clicking on the podcast tab or by subscribing at iTunes. If you do go to iTunes, please take time to leave us a positive rating and review. No mention of Argentina. No, don't cry for us. Uh, while you're at actionfigureblues.com, you might like to check out the and articles there and perhaps visit some of our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, Collector-Action Figures and PopCulture.com who help keep the site running. When we're not podcasting, blogging or doing other sort of hobby-related activities, you can find all of us on the Action Figure Blues Forum at afbforum.com. You'll find Ben posting his fish milkshake, Eli posting his dozy muppet and me, Adam, posting a Westie. 
We'd love to hear from you with any comments or suggestions for future Toys of the Week or discussion topics. And you can do it all by emailing podcast at actionfigureblues.com or by joining the AFE forum and telling us there. You can also follow Action Figure Blues on Twitter at AFBlues and like the Action Figure Blues page on Facebook and facebook.com slash actionfigureblues. Uh, well, thanks for, for joining us tonight, guys. And um, Well done, Adam. Yes, well done, well done, Adam. Thank you. Uh, so I guess that's it. Good night, everybody. Good night. Bye. Bye. Night, Bye. Melbourne. Do I need to point out how short the recording time was when Scott's not on? And that was good numerous stuff up. Bye. 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 The Pop Culture Superstore and ActionFigureBlues.com. How far I'm along in, in your first go at hosting should I tell you that I forgot to press record? <laughs> <laughs> that was early enough. Okay, yeah. cool. Please tell me you had recorded by then and we actually have a blooper. Yeah, I got that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the blooper's in the can. <laughs> nice. All right, the rest of the show's easy. Okay, just let me. Whenever you're ready, Gus. Okay. Five, four, three. Now it's time for one of our feature segments, Toy of the Week. Each episode, we take turns looking at about one toy or collectible in detail. These might be new releases, or we might talk about our favourite or bizarre items from our collection. This week, Ben has the Toy of the Week. So, over to you, Ben. Now, was it just me, or did you break up an awful lot during that one? Yeah, it was I a bit... did I yeah. breaking up, but... <laughs> Yeah. I'm, I'm sure you probably couldn't hear it. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, Adam, you were breaking <laughs> up. All right. When we're not podcasting, blogging, or doing other assorted hobby-related activities, you can find all of us on the Action Figure Blues Forum at afbforum.com. You'll find Ben posting as Fish Milkshake, Eli posting as Night Owl, and me posting as no, 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 no. <laughs> well, actually, no, I do have Justin's login details, but uh, <laughs> I actually post there as Dozy Muppet most of the time, except for when I'm pretending to be Justin. Take a sound, and the aim of the game is to guess where it's from. So, over to you, John. Do 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 do